for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. All right, did you bring a Bible this morning? All right, pick it up. Go to Genesis chapter 1. That's right near the beginning. We've been talking the last couple of weeks about sonship and growing up to become sons of God. You can get born again when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's a transformation that takes place on the inside of you at that time. But you can stay a child of God simply by not getting in the Word of God and growing in the things of God or growing up spiritually. You can move into a place where the Bible calls sonship. Say sonship. sonship. How many of you know you're not a servant of God? You're not a slave of God, as you might have been taught. You are a son of the living God, and you are in God's family, praise God. And he thinks just as much of you as he does Jesus, praise God. So you've got to get that in your thought life in order to function. You know, the Bible says basically that you can do all things. The Bible says that you're more than conquerors. The Bible says you're the head, not the tail. The Bible says you're the victor, not the victim. The Bible tells us all these things. When I first got born again and, uh, you know, I was so hungry for God, I started listening to everybody that I could. And, of course, I got a hold of the Copelands who are very good as far as their teachings and stuff. And I learned about confession and learned about all this stuff. And, I, you know, I started confessing over myself. I'm anointed. I'm blessed. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm full of the power of God. I'm all this stuff. But I never really got a revelation of it until I found out why I was. You know, it's one thing to confess it, and it's good to confess it, but if you don't know that you're confessing it just to confess it and you don't know why you are, see, if you don't know who you are, it, it doesn't work that way. So basically, you've got to find out. Let me just say it's easier to believe who you are if you know why you are who you are. That'll be on the tape for $500 a piece when you get back there. It's easier to believe who you are if you know why you are who you are. Because once you know who you are and why you are and why you're that way, it's not just a confession anymore, it's a realization now. You're not confessing to become anointed, you're confessing because you found out you are anointed and know why you are anointed. So I'd like to back up just a little bit this morning and show you why you are who you are this morning. Wouldn't that be fun? Good, hallelujah. All right, Genesis chapter 1. Look at verse 26. It said, and God said, who said? God said, let us make man or you in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female, he created he them. I know this is God's idea. This isn't anybody else's. God's idea was to create mankind, and he created him in his own image and in his own likeness. In other words, just like himself, and gave him dominion over the earth, the image of God, the likeness of God. He created you just like God and just in the image of God. Praise God. Now, why was man like God? Why did God create man like he did? Could God created man poor, sick, down and out? Worthless, could he have did that, or couldn't he not have did that? Have you ever thought about it? You know, I think about these things when I read the Bible. Maybe a time I think too much sometimes, but praise God. Hallelujah. All right, just go up to uh, Genesis. Let's look at Genesis chapter... Which way do I want to go? Which way do I want to go? Which way do I want to go? Which way? All right, let's go to Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter two. Look at verse seventeen. 
got to go back to verse 7. Go back to verse 7. All right. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became what? I look at it again. And the Lord God formed out of the dust of the ground, and he did, it. He did what? Breathe. What did he do? Breathe. Now watch. Before man was created, where was man? In God. Man was in God. Are you following me? In other words, God wanted to create a man. Where was that first man? He already saw the man in him. Man was on the inside of him. So when he formed the dust of the earth, which basically this is not you, you're a spirit being. And what did he do? He breathed into man from the inside of him. So God was, man was in God and came out of God and became a man. Are you following me? So for order for that to happen, the only way man could possibly be created was in the image and likeness of God, because God is victorious, and God is anointed, and God is this, and God is that. So when he breathed and made the first man, man had to be like God. Nothing else could come out of God and be created. So why was he created that way? Because he was in God at one time, and when he came out of God, he basically was the image and likeness of God. He was just like God. He was just like a child of God, just equal with God. All right, go up to Genesis chapter 3. I've got to go slow this morning, because some of you may get this, and some of you may... Head of your head spinning for it's over with, and I don't want to do that. All right, Genesis 3, look at verse 3. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto him, Woman, you shall not surely die, for God does know that in the day thereof that you eat it, your eyes will be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good from evil. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband, and he did eat. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So there they are. He creates Adam in his image and his likeness because he breathed his life into him. Then what happens all at once? He gives them just one little command. Say, just one little command. And how many know they didn't do very good with that one little command? They failed. And God says, in the day that you eat off that tree, you're going to die. See? So they ate off the tree anyway. But how many know in that day they did not physically die? Because they lived a long time after that. So apparently he was talking about a spiritual death that took place on the inside of them. What is physical death? Physical death does not cease to exist. That's why people struggle at funerals and everything else. They think their person's gone forever. No, it's just you as a spirit leaving your physical body and going to a new location. Are you following me? So that's it. It's separation. Death is separation. So physical death is separation from your body. You're a spirit being with a soul, and you leave your physical body. Spiritual death is basically separation from God. When you die spiritually, you're separated from, his, from faith. You're separated from joy. You're separated from peace. You're separated from the things of God, the presence of God, all these things, because now you died as a spiritual being. You died spiritually, which separated you from God. Well, what are the attributes of that? Well, one is fear. What's the first thing Adam did? Well, I heard God coming in the garden, and what did I do? Hid, because I was afraid. So what happened? Something changed on the inside of him. In other words, what was in him basically changed in him, and instead of having the nature that God blew into him, he now had a different nature because he sinned on the inside, and basically that sin nature was on the inside of him, and it was no longer like the nature that God had given him. Are you following me? Yes. All right, go to Romans chapter 5.
All right, Romans chapter 5, look at verse 12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So wherefore, by one man. Who was that man? By Adam. Notice, when Adam did it, what happened? He allowed sin into the world. He allowed death. Say death. Notice, both spiritual and physical death he allowed in, basically. And death passed upon how many men? Notice, all men. And why is that? Because it says all have done what? Well, I beg to differ. I wasn't in the garden that day. I didn't taste the fruit. I didn't do any of that stuff, so I don't know how all of us had sinned. See, how can you say that I sinned in that situation? That's ridiculous to say I sinned. I wasn't even born yet at that time. Poor Moses is another one. I passed down to poor Moses. He went in the garden either to eat off the tree. Why is that? Because once Adam sinned, basically, at that time, where were you? In Adam. Boy, you guys are, I'm telling you what, I'm impressed by you this morning. Where were you? You were in Adam. All mankind was in Adam at that time. There was only one man, and he was Adam, and the female was made for what purpose? Helpmate, not good for man to be, or all one. So what did God do? Created the female to get man out of man. See, if Adam's just there, how many of you know he's not going to have too many other men come out of the inside of him? So God had to make a female because females are better. How many of you know getting men out of men than men are? Praise God. That's why, we, that's why it makes... No, I can't even go there this morning. I, make, I ain't going to go there this morning because you make people mad when you go there. But that's, that's why it won't work the other way. Are you following me? It won't work for God's sake. So women are there to what? Get men out of men. So when Adam sinned, when he sinned, basically I sinned because I was... When I was born in the image and likeness of God, I was born in the image and likeness of God because originally I was in God and he blew life and I became that way. So at one time I was in God, now I'm in Adam. So Adam sinned, so when he sinned, guess what? I sinned. Why? Because I was in Adam and I came from Adam and came out of the inside of Adam. Look at verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, how many be dead? Many be dead. Verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, Adam, many were made what? Sinners. Once again, did you disobey in the garden? Were you in there physically? Did you do it? Did you make that decision? No. By one man, say by one man. But at that time, you were in that one man. So you got everything that one man did because you were in him. Are you following me? Just like when you were born in the earth, when, when God made man, he breathed his life into him. The only way that man could possibly be made was in the image and likeness of God because he came from the inside of God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 2. And see that the key to the whole earth is the nature of man. Because God doesn't want to come here and rule and reign. The devil wants to rule and reign in here, but he has no authority and no power. So the only thing he can do is use God's vehicle, which is a man, to do the things that are going on in the earth right now and messing everything up. That's why when they've got his nature, it's easy for them to obey him and do things, basically, that are not lined up with God. You look at some of your relation, and they're not born again. You say, how can these people be so stupid? Well, because that's their nature. Are you following me? They've not been born again yet. They've not been made back in the image and likeness of God. So that's the way, basically, they're going to act. Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse Verse 2, wherein in times past, say times past. past. Notice at that time you walked according to the course of this world. You walked according to the prince of the power of the air, that spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among also we all had our conversation. Well, why did we all have our lifestyle and conversation in that time? Because we were all in Adam when Adam 
sin, basically, and then we were born sinners. In times past, in the lust of your flesh, fulfilling the desires of your flesh and of your mind, and you were what? Say by nature. Say it again, by nature. So by nature... I was a child of the devil when I was born into this world. Why was I a child of the devil? Because I was in Adam who sinned and died spiritually, and I came out of Adam, and I came out of Adam the same way as Adam, just like you came, man came out as God, okay? So you came out of Adam, and what were you? Spiritually dead, all these things. Now listen, before you got born again, it wasn't hard to sin. You didn't have to take a class. How do I sin? <laughs> Let me see. I really got to figure out how to sin. I got to figure out how to get drunk. I got to figure out how to do drugs. I got to figure out how to do fornication. I've just got to study this. And No, it came natural for you. Why? You were a sinner. Nothing to it. But then you got born again, and that nature changed on the inside of you. And you don't want to do that stuff anymore because it doesn't line up with your nature anymore. So before you could sin and get away with it, I sinned. And brag about your sinning. We used to brag about how drunk we got, how late we stayed out, how, how much we danced on the bar, whether we could find our car the next morning or not. We bragged about all this stuff. Did you find your car? No. Did you find yours? No. You know where mine is? No. We were bragging on this stuff. Why? We were sinners. And it was natural for us to sin. But when you get born again, then your nature changes. And as your nature changes, then it's not so easy to sin. So you've got to learn to live free of the sin that you were into before. And you do that through the Word of God, through the Spirit of God on the inside of you. You slowly get, you slowly get changed. You slowly get delivered. How I many know it doesn't happen all at once? How I many know the mind renewal doesn't take place? They click your fingers and all at once you are like genie in a bottle. It don't work that way. No, it's a gradual changing. All at once I shouldn't be doing that. All at once I don't want to do that anymore. All at once you turn And sometimes I go back and watch the old shows that I thought were so good. Go back and watch a movie that you saw was your top movie and it comes on TV. I haven't seen that in 40 years. You turn it on and thought, what the heck was I thinking when I watched this movie? My God, was I warped. They're cussing. They're naked. They're doing all this stuff. I didn't even know they were naked before when I watched this movie. <laughs> Why is that? Something has changed on the inside of you, and all at once a realization of spiritual things and God things has come to you. So here we are, basically. There's the nature. Now, to me, that wasn't really fair. Adam disobeyed. Adam sinned. Adam hid. Adam was a child of the devil. He was separated from God. So why should I be born a sinner? That's ridiculous. Why should I be separated to God? It's not fair. Why should I be under the dominion of the devil when I didn't do a thing and wasn't even in the garden? To me, it's not fair. It just doesn't make any sense to me at all, unless you understand that you were in Adam and you got everything that Adam did at that time because you were born then of Adam. Are you listening? All right, go back to Genesis chapter 1. That's right near the front again. All right, Genesis chapter 1, look at verse 11. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was what? Good. So what's God doing here? God don't put nothing in here unless it's there for you to learn something. He just don't fill it with a couple paragraphs because he wants it to get so far. Basically, what's he talking about? He's talking about natural things. He says a natural tree, basically, whether it's an orange tree or a fruit tree or whatever, that tree will re reproduce, and when it reproduces, it will reproduce after its own. Why? Because the seed of that next orange tree is in itself. 
Are you following me? So this, you can take it all the way back. The orange tree that you have in your yard now came from an orange tree, the seed inside that orange tree, which came from an orange tree that had a seed inside that orange tree, which came from an orange tree which had the seed inside the orange tree, which came from an orange tree all the way back to the first orange tree. Come on, that's the way man did too. So why does it produce after its own kind? Because it can only produce after its own kind. You're never going to have an orange tree and go out and say, my God, apples this year. Praise God, apples. It's a miracle. It's not going to happen. Why? Because everything reproduces after its own kind. Why? Because the seed, it's in itself. So the seed of man was in God when he breathed in, in the image and likeness of God. When Adam sinned, everybody after him was in the image and likeness. Why? Because the seed was in Adam. And when it produced, it produced after his kind. Look at verse 21. And God created great whales and every living creature that moved, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was very good. So here we have something else, don't we? We have another thing. We have a whale. How many know when a whale produces another whale? That whale looks like a whale. Why is that? Because the seed of that whale was in the whale, and that seed came out and produced after its kind. So it was a whale. You never have a whale that has it, and a horse pops out, you know, unless you watch Disney a lot. Probably happens on there. I don't watch it too much. But notice that's not the way it works. After its own kind. Why? Because the seed is in itself. Hallelujah. All right, look at verse 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creatures after his kind. Now, you either got to think God is repetitious here, or he's trying to tell us something. Because he just does the same thing over and over again. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle, creeping thing, and beasts after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was very good. Do you think he's trying to get a point across? Yeah. Hallelujah. So every cow that you see, you can trace back to another cow. Why? Because the seed was in that cow. And you can trace it back to another cow. The seed was way back to the very first moo moo that ever came on the earth, basically, and produced. So, everything, whether it's a herb, whether it's a tree, whether it's a cow, no matter what it is, basically reproduces after its own kind because the seed is in itself. All right, go to Genesis chapter 5. Somebody think, you think I'm being redundant? I am. You're right on this morning. All right, Genesis chapter 5, look at verse 3. And Adam lived 130 years. I mean, that's pretty good. And begat a son in his own likeness and after his image and called him Seth. And the days of Adam after he'd begotten Seth were 800 years and he begat sons and daughters. Once again, and Adam lived to be 130 and begat a son and his son's name was Seth. And how was Seth? He was in his own image and in his own likeness. Now, why was that? Because the seed for Seth was in Adam. And when Adam produced, the only thing he could produce was after his kind, so he produced a sinner by the name of Seth, and every other person out of the inside of him was born into this world a sinner because he produced after his own kind. Hallelujah. So, here's God. God's got an original plan and purpose. How many know he never changes it? He's got a plan and purpose. I'm going to create this man in my image, in my likeness. I'm going to breathe my exact likeness into him. I'm going to send him down to the earth realm, and he's going to rule and reign there. And earth is going to be a utopia, just like heaven, only it's going to be ruled through mankind who are in my image and who are my likeness. Now, Adam messes up, and all at once the nature's changed. All at once he's not producing people in the image and likeness of God anymore. He's producing people in the image and likeness of the devil. So what's God going to do? The devil's basically controlling the earth at this point because what's going on in their life. So what's God going to do? Look at Genesis 3. 
So God's got this issue. Here he is. Adam messed up. Now I don't even have mankind's nature anymore. They're not going to bring peace and joy to the earth. They're not going to bring victory to the earth. They're not going to bring authority and power to the earth. They're going to mess everything up. So what does he do? Look at verse 14, Genesis 3, 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above all beasts of the field, and thy belly shall go on the dust, while thou shalt eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy and her and it, he shall bruise, or the seed shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So God says, how does he do everything? Seed. He says, what am I going to do? I'm going to send another seed into the earth. Why? Because the crop I got growing there of men isn't very good. What do I want to do? I want to start a new crop of mankind, a crop of mankind in the image and likeness of myself, a crop who has that nature on the inside, who has authority, who has power on the inside of them. So I'm going to send a seed. Say a seed. A seed. All right, look at Luke chapter 8. Hallelujah. Are you there? All right, Luke chapter 8, look at verse 11. Jesus speaking, says, Now the parable is this, the seed is what? The, the seed is the Word of God. Well, is the Word of God the seed? Yes. Is the seed the Word of God? Yes. So the Word of God is the seed, and the seed is the Word of God. Yes. You agree with me? Go to John chapter 1. Say the seed, the seed. is the Word of God, the and the Word of God, the of God is the seed. All right, John's Gospel, chapter 1, look at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made, and Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, is God the, is the seed the Word? Is the Word the seed? All right, so in the beginning was the Word, or in the beginning was the seed, or in the beginning was God. And the God, or the seed, or the Word was God, and the, or the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Say, was God. So now we know, don't we? He's going to send a seed into the world, but this seed is going to also be God, and it's also going to be the Word of God. So he's going to send the seed into the world, which is God. So what are we doing here? Let's say that you, you're a corn farmer. You plant corn in your field. You've got one big field. You plant corn in it, and you ignore it. How many know that the corn will produce, it'll drop its little kernels in the ground, and the next year, what will you have in that field? Corn, won't you? And basically, you can go out there, there's corn in there again, and you leave, and you come back the next year, guess what it'll have in there? Corn. And you come back the next year, it'll have... Corn. Come back the next year, it'll have... Come back the next year, it'll have... Let's say you get tired of corn. I'm, I've had enough corn in 10 years, I've had it. So what are you, you going to have to do? Number one, you're going to have to kill the crop that's in that field, and you're going to have to plant a new seed so that you get a... New crop. See? So you've got to kill the old seed. Say, I've got to change the seed. I've got to change the seed. What's going on? So what's God do? He looks down on earth. Here's man, everybody in Adam, then in me, then everybody else, basically being born this way. And all at once God looks down and he says, I'm going to send a seed. I'm going to send me a different seed. What's that seed going to do? First of all, it's going to kill the seed that's in the earth. And then it's going to start producing what I want it to produce in the earth realm. Hallelujah. I gotta quit getting happy here. Look at verse 14. Look at verse 14. And the word was made and he dwelt among us. Alright. Is the word the seed? Is the seed the word? And the seed was made flesh, and he dwelt among 
So who was the seed that he sent? All right, go to Galatians 3. All right, Galatians chapter 3, look at verse 16. It says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He say not, and to seeds as of many, but as one, and to thy seed, which is? Thy seed, which is? So what's the new seed that God sent to change? Christ. He sent Christ himself, the seed, the word of God, what for? To change the crop that was taking place here in the earth realm so that God could get back in the earth realm. So every cow, basically, that reproduces reproduces another cow. Why? Because the seed of that cow is where? In the first cow. And the next one produces another cow. Does a cow ever produce a half horse, half cow? No. Doesn't do it, does it? It's 100% cow. It's 100% pig. It's never pig cow. It's never pig rooster. It's basically after the kind of the thing that's producing because the seed is in itself. Now listen, what kind of person do you think the Christ seed will produce? Come on, Christ person. Say Christ person. See, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. You can't be a sinner saved by grace. You didn't come from Adam and Christ. You came from one or the other. Make up your mind which one you came for when you got born again. Make up your mind. I'm just a, no, you're not a sinner. I'm just so sick. No, you're not so sick. I'm just so weak. No, you're not so weak. You can't get a horse from a cow. You can't get a chicken from a root. You can't do it, praise God. Come on, it came from the Christ seed. Say the Christ seed. And every seed produces... After its own kind. People say, well, I'm not going to say I'm holy. Sorry. I am. I came from a holy seed. I didn't come from an unholy seed. I came from a righteous. I came from anointed. Come on. And people want to fight and argue with you all the time when you're claiming exactly what seed you're from, for gosh sakes. It's not my fault I was born of Christ. See, I didn't do it. It's just what happened in my life at that time, but yet we argue about it. So you're born. So God breathes in, into people's lives, and basically, God, my first man is just like God. Then he sins, and after that, everybody else is that bad crop going out there. And all at once, Jesus Christ comes, what for? To start a new crop. How did I become a sinner? I got born into this world. How did I become a God person? I got born again. In the spirit, my nature was changed. It was taken. I did not come from a mingled seed. I did not come from a half-breed seed. I came from 100% pure God seed. That's why I'm a son of the living God, basically, because I was born of God, and every seed produces after its own kind. Praise God. But the church don't want to believe that. No, I'm just no good, and I hope God loves me someday, and I can't do nothing. I'm just his servant and slave. And I'm. What do you think he thinks of that? He's got to think you're nuts. <laughs> Come on. Really? But no, you're from a Christ seed. Say, I'm from a Christ seed. All right, go to John chapter 12. All right, John chapter 12. Look at verse 23. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come, and the Son of Man shall be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat 
fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth what? Now that's common sense, isn't it? If I got a corn seed and I want to plant the corn seed and I put it on my dresser, how many know if I come back a year later, I'm not going to have a whole lot of production there. But if you take that corn seed and you put it in the ground and it dies, what happens? It produces much fruit, don't it? You put it in there. So when you plant the seed, when you kill it and put it in the ground, it produces much seed. Now watch, here's Satan. Satan's doing just fine down here. He's got people under his control. They're killing each other, beating each other up, sinning all over the place. All at once, Jesus, a new seed, say a new seed, shows up in the earth and starts destroying his kingdom. I mean, sickness comes, he delivers them. This comes, he delivers. He's just running rampant. So the devil says, let's see. If I can just kill this guy and put him in the ground. If I could just kill him and put him in the ground, all my problems will be solved. So he gets the men to get there under his and they kill him and they put him in the ground, but he doesn't realize he's a seed. And a seed that gets killed and puts in the ground produces much fruit. So on Pentecost Day, all at once, there's 120 of these people simply because he was too dumb to recognize who Jesus was and what he came to do. So when he planted Jesus in the ground, killed him, and killed him down there, basically it produced more. Jesus not only died, he multiplied when he died. Here, I'll prove it to you. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter two. All right, are you there? All right, First Corinthians chapter two. Look at verse. Let's start in verse six. It says, "Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught." But we speak the truth or the wisdom of God that's in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. So the devil didn't know it. He thinks he's going to kill Jesus, put him in the ground. I'm done with this guy. I got my kingdom back. Everything's going good. Praise God. But the wisdom of God is more than the wisdom of this world. The spiritual wisdom is deeper. So what happened? This was God's plan all along. He was supposed to kill him and put him in the ground. And when he did that, all at once Satan realized, I should hey, my bad. Devil says, my bad. Shouldn't have killed him and put him in the ground. Why? Because he was going to reproduce as a seed, and he was going to reproduce after his kind because the seed was in himself. You've come out of the seed of God himself, once again, the seed of Christ himself. That's why you can't help but be in the image and in the likeness of God. At one time, man was in God, created in his image and likeness. Then man ended up in Adam. He came out of Adam. He was a sinner. He was a failure. But now if you're born again, say, if you're born again. If you're not, you need be. You need to be born again. But once you're born again, now you are the seed of Christ. So I'm going to spend the rest of my life to find out who I am, uh, how I got that way, what happened, what took place in my life, because now I'm of the seed of Christ, and every seed reproduces after its own. So you can't be a half-breed Christian. You've got to be all out in the image and likeness of God himself. And people get all the time, they say, are you anointed? I say, yeah. Are you a man of God? You bet I am. 
Are you righteous? Amen. Yes, I am. Thank you. Holy, holy. Yes, I am. But notice, I can't take any credit for it. I was born that way. Are you following me? I was born that way. Hey, how many cows do you see going around the field saying, I'm a cow? Because I decided to be a cow. No, he just came out of a cow and became a cow. Are you following me? There's no pride there to be a cow. A cow is a cow. Praise God. Hallelujah. So what happened? A cow's not any prouder just because he's a cow. A horse isn't any prouder because he's a horse. I'm not proud, but I know what seed I came from. I know who reproduced me. I know what I came out of. I know my old nature. Now watch. The Bible says, well, let's go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So God had to come. He had to send a seed. He had to kill the old seed. Say, kill the old seed. And produce a new seed. Second Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 17. Talking about somebody born again. Therefore, if any man be where? If any man be where? Oh, not in Adam anymore. If any man be where? Uh-oh, if he's in Christ, what is he? A brand new species of being that never existed before. He has a new creation. Notice what it says next. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he has a new creation. Old things have what? What did he do? Killed your old you? Killed the old you. The old you is dead. You're not dying to the old you. You're not trying to die to the old you. You're trying to die to the identity of the old you because you keep identifying with who you were rather than who you are. So you keep, well, I've been this way for 20 years. Well, did you get born again? Yeah, but then you're not that way anymore. You still believe you're that way, but you're not that way. You're from a different seed. I don't care if you were a horse back then. And now you're born of a cow, you're a cow, praise God. You're not half horse, half cow. But most Christians are mingled, mingled seed. Yes, yes, I love Jesus. He's pretty good. I'm a slave. I'm worthless. I can't do anything. Only he is alone is holy. He alone is anointed. Yeah, he alone is holy, so you got to be holy because you came from the only holy seed that there was. You came from one seed or the other. He alone is anointed. No, he ain't. You came from the anointed seed. He's the anointed, only anointed seed, but reproduced you into a seed. So what's my job to do? I've got Christ. Not only am I in Christ, but I got Christ in me. And I've got the word of God in me. So I'm going to take the Christ seed, the word seed, and plant it in somebody else. And when it plants in there and they accept what he did for them, bang, on the inside, all at once they're born again of the Christ seed. They leave the inanimate seed. And all at once they're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And then that person has Christ in them. And they go to the people that they know around there. And they're telling them, hey, you need to receive Jesus, your Lord and Savior. You need to get out of that Adam seed. You need to move up here in this seed right here. It's available to you. You're going to be born again in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. And that guy gets done that. This is the way God expected it to go. He didn't want us sitting around waiting for a, a revival every 35 years. And the problem is most of the revivals we had up to this time, people were stupid when we had them. You understand? It's progressive revelation that's going on. And just because the Holy Ghost had a visitation at one time, that wasn't all of it. That was trying to motivate us to learn a little bit more and how to handle it. Around the beginning of the century, there was a move of the Holy Ghost. People didn't know what to do with it. So what did they do? They rolled on the floor. You might have heard of them, Holy Rollers. See, it was a great feeling. The Spirit of God was there. They were all excited, but they didn't know what to do with it. Right. Oh, feel the presence in this place. What are you going to do with it? I don't know, but it's good. <laughs> I see the glory. Yeah, yeah, it is good and all that stuff. But it's to motivate us to understand who we are and what we have on the inside and give us a revelation. So we live every day in a revival state of situation to where we're going to this person. We're going to that person. We're going to this person. We're telling them. You're not going to give something that you're not excited about. Are you a Christian? Yeah. How do you like it, ma'am? It's all right. 
My God, it was a lot better before I got saved. I'll tell you, I'm going through hell now. You know, when you get born again, you go through hell, go through hell, go through hell. But Jesus is in my boat. I wish he'd pull the plugs so you start to drown and get a revelation because you're forced into it. Come on, do you see what I mean? Praise God, we've got to step up into who we are. We're sons of the living God. I mean, sons. My, my boys came out of me. How many of you know that? They act like me. They look like me. Sort of. Why is that? Because they're from this seed that was on the inside of me. Well, you're from God, praise God. If, you, you've got to have power. You've got to have righteousness. You've got to have holiness. You've got to have the anointing. You've got to be able to... I mean, if you just knew how scared the devil was of you. I mean, he made a dumb mistake, praise God. Thought he had it all figured out. Boy, I bet they were dancing in hell when Jesus died. Oh, we got him. We got him. We got him. And then all at once, Pentecost Day, we ain't got him. We ain't got him. We boo-booed. It says the princes of this world would have never crucified the Lord of glory if they'd have just understood what was going on. But today, you're not a servant. You're not a slave. You're not a peon. You're not a, any Lord and anybody else. You're a son of the living God. And if, if you're a different place than somebody else, don't get mad at them. Help raise them up. If they can help raise you up, help you raise them up. Praise God. You don't agree with them? That's fine because there's no way we're all going to agree on everything. How many of you know that? But there's only reason why you're family. And that's, I'll tell you, you're not family because you agree with your brothers and sisters. Can I get an amen? Amen. No, you're in the same family because you got the same daddy. And we have all been born with the same daddy. Father God, praise God, came from the seed of Christ. And you are who he says you are. You can do what he says you can do. And you'll be what he says you'll be if you'll just find out who you are in Christ. You ought to walk around with your head up high, praise God. Hallelujah. Not because you're prideful, but because you're so excited about what he did for you. And when you get excited about what he did for you, you'll tell somebody else. You'll get excited about it rather than complaining about your Christianity. It was better when I wasn't a Christian. Well, yeah, you're just sinning on your way to hell, if you call that better. But, but, but there was no pressure to get any better then. But now there's a chance to learn. So we go to this book. Notice it says, In Christ. Say, In Christ. So I go to this book, and every place I see it says, In Christ, I color that. That's me. I can do all things in Christ. <laughs> That's me. I'm an in Christ. Look at me. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. In Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. <laughs> That's me. That one's me. That's who I am. See? Why is it? It's telling you who you are in Christ. Hallelujah. It's teaching you who you are, and it's revealing to you who you are, what you can do, what happens to you. So just go through the book. That's why you've got to read this book. I'm telling you what. I wish I could, I wish I could stress it. You know, sometimes you'd like to just be able to cut top of people's head open, pour in the Bible, and then seal their heads, but you can't do that. Usually you'd go to jail probably for it or something. <laughs> But yeah, this, this reveals so much to who you are and what you can do and where you're at and where you're, you're not from a sick seed. You're not from a down and out seed. You're not from a depressed seed. You're not from a loser seed. You're not any of those things. So when those thoughts come from the enemy, which is the only thing he can do now because he already messed up. So he'll just try to plant them in there. And if you take them and you believe them, oh yeah, that's right. I'm depressed. Always depressed. Just don't have any joy. Keep going. You'll be there. So what happens? Somebody who knows who they are will come along and break that junk off of you and give you a second start. And you'll start finding out that, praise God, I'm joy of the Lord's my strength. I'm full of the power of God, full of the presence of God, because you're from the Christ seed himself. You were born of God, praise God. And the Bible says the seed of God remains in you. So you sinneth not. Do you sin? Yes, but you can't get away with it. So when I sin, what do I do? I confess, praise God, and he cleanses me from all unrighteousness, and I step right back into my position there. But now you know you're sinning. I never repented when I was in the world. I was proud of what I was doing. I was trying to outdrink everybody, trying to show them I was a man. 
but it's not that way. So this morning, you're the seed of Christ this morning. You were born of God this morning. You just got to find out who you are and understand it. But this is the basis for you just saying, I'm anointed, I'm blessed, rather than just saying, I'm anointed, I'm blessed. Why? Because I heard it someplace. And they told me to say it, so I'm blessed. No, you're blessed because you were born into blessing. My sons are caresses because they were born caresses. They didn't do anything different to get there. They were just came out of the inside of me, and now they're who they are. So this morning, you are born of God. You are full of the power of God. You are anointed. You are a son of the living God, and you are a fright to the devil. I'll tell you, every time you make a turn and start stepping in the right direction, the devil's going to run the other way. A lot of times, I'll remind him of his stupidity. I mean, you know, that makes you mad when you do something dumb and they bring it up every year to see the person. I remember 20 years ago when you did that stupid thing. How I many know you don't want to see that person very much? So I'll just bring up, I remember the time you crucified Jesus. Good idea. Great job. That's good thinking on your part. Praise God. Worked out really good for you. Good job. He was the seed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me just pray this morning. Father, Father, I thank you that we're all sons of the living God in here. I thank you for the anointing that, praise God, is just on the inside of us, the righteousness you've given us to be in right standing with you. The holiness is on the inside of us. Father, make that revelation explode on the inside of us today and this week as we read the Word of God. Let the Spirit of God take that truth and plant it deep within our hearts so that we can see who we are in our imagination and in the spirit realm. Father, we thank you for the army that you're raising up right now, the group of people who are going to change lives around them every single day. Father, we ask you to continue to lead us and guide us to people who need to hear this word, Father, who need to be hungry for the kingdom of God and the things of God. Father, we want to fill our purpose and do what you've called us to do. And we take our dominion that you've given us now, and I take the anointing that you've given me in Jesus' name, and I take the power you've given me in Jesus' name, and I take the righteousness, the holiness, and the glory. And I thank you for perfect peace and joy in every single area of everybody's life in here, Father. And I thank you for what you're doing this time of year in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. For listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.